Financial Cash Talks with Jackie Stewart. Financial Cash Talks podcast will deal with the issues that affect you, breaking down the barriers that prevent us all from discussing social, cultural or religious issues. With interviews from those with real life stories and how they overcame their financial situations, as well as professionals to guide you if your goal is to better manage your finances. So let's get talking with Financial Cash Talks. So hello everyone and welcome to another series, another episode of my podcast Financial Cash Talks. And today I have my family with me, I have my two sons with me, ready to do this podcast with you all. So say hi first of all Amari, Amari's my youngest. Hello. Amari's 12 years old and then my eldest who's Ashley, Ashley say hello. Hi everyone. Ashley am I allowed to say your age? Yeah of course. Okay, so Ashley is 25, and we are here to have conversations about money. So I'm probably going to start with Amari. So Amari, do you get any money, first of all? Yes, I get pocket money. You get pocket money? Yes. Okay, excellent. So Amari, tell us what you do with your pocket money. I save it up for things I want. Okay, so what type of things do you save for? Like clothes or... Gaming things, okay. Football boots. Uh huh. Um, yeah, that's about it. Okay. So, what has that? What lessons should I say? I know you're only twelve years old, and obviously you're not working. But what would you say that you've learnt, if anything, about money? That you shouldn't save. You shouldn't um, pay it all out. I thought he was going to say you shouldn't save. I was just about to sit here and think, oh my gosh. <laughs> no, go on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you shouldn't pay pay it all out and you should like save up for more bigger things okay excellent thank you Mari so I'm gonna go over to Ashley now so Ashley obviously you're a lot older a lot more experience with income so tell us about your experience your first time of receiving an income so forget the pocket money what was your first job yes so my first job I had at 17 I think was it 17 yeah 17 um and yeah so I was working part-time while going to sixth form as well um so yeah I was getting a bit of money I was still at home of, of course um but my biggest expense was that I had a car as well when I was 17 okay. so I had to instantly I couldn't just be one of those teenagers that can just go out and spend money on what whatever they want but I had to think about the bills that I have already and yeah just balance it out that way so that's where I was fortunate enough to have a mother who's an accountant and who deals with money um and she introduced me to a budgeting spreadsheet which I was able to use to just calculate my incomes and my outgoings how (laughs) easy or hard was it for us to well for me how how easy or hard was it when I was showing you to do a budget, how did you feel about it, in other words? Was it, did you think, oh, God, why do I have to do this? Or what, did, what was your thoughts? 100%, that's exactly what I thought. <laughs> Boring. Why do I have to do this? Yeah, I thought I just want to be able to just spend it on whatever I want. Um, I was at an age where I was buying clothes. I wanted to keep up an appearance. I was still playing games. I was playing football. So a lot of things I wanted to spend it on. But... 
I guess I had to have that discipline. And then especially when I turned 18, it was even harder because obviously I was going out quite a lot and going out, I, want, I don't want to wear the same thing every week. So yeah, it was, it was, it was a bit frustrating, but I've definitely reaped the benefits of that. Okay, so let's talk about the benefits then. So here you are with your mother who's into her spreadsheets, <laughs> like you said, sitting you down, getting you to do your budget. So, I mean, obviously you wasn't earning a lot of money. It was a part-time job. Yes. So what was the first thing that you were sp- spending your money on then? At that well, time, like I said, you were living at home, so yeah. Yeah, so like I said before, I was living at home, but I did have a car. So oh, yes, I think it was, it was just a couple of days before I even started my first job. I got my license and I already had a car at that time. So I had insurance to think about, petrol, uh, tax, all of the stuff that comes with having a car. Um, so, yeah, that was the main outgoing at that time. Um, but apart from that, I was just spending on like clothes, like I said, games, um, going out with my friends, etc., etc. So, yeah, it was... But I think the benefit of that is the fact that I've never actually had issues with covering my bills. So any outgoings I've got, I've always made sure when I get my money, that's the first thing that I think about um, is making sure that my bills are covered. And then whatever disposable income I have, I just play around with that and do whatever. So now that you're working full time, are you saying that that lesson I gave you on spreadsheets and keeping the budget, do you still use that now? 100% 100% I use it to this day I use it um, for myself I use it for myself and my partner as well and um, we have our own budgeting spreadsheet so that we can cover our bills and because we've got a little one so yeah 100% I'll, I'll probably use that for the rest of my life. Excellent good to hear it so Amari are you listening to what your big brother's saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <What's>, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so when are we going to set up your budget Amari? <laughs> 10 years <laughs> really why 10 years I don't want to do it now well you know as long as you live in this house right it's all going to be about spreadsheets and like your brother said so one day you'll thank me for it yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> so okay Ashley so let's move on to what else is going on with you so You've now got to a stage, so you don't live at home anymore. You've got your um, family, so you're doing your budgets. So for me, what was the next stage? Because to me, it's like, okay, you've got that under control. So there's savings and investments. How are you with the whole investments thing? I've always been aware that I need um, more than one income. It's something that you've instilled in me. It's something that I've, even my peers that I've had around me, I've always had quite good friends in that aspect. So... I've always had my eye on where else I can earn income from. Um, even going back to being a really young age, I was um, getting my grandma to help me make lime juice and I was yeah. selling it to people that I know. Yeah. How, how old were you when you were doing that? Can you remember? I forgot about that. I can't remember. I, think I must have been about 15, 14 maybe. Yeah, well, it was school holidays mainly. So I want to say maybe about 14, yeah, about 14, 15. yeah. So it goes back to even being even that. So all the way back then. So that's over ten years now. And then yeah. So even when I got my first part-time job, um, I was looking at what other business opportunities I could take on. I stumbled across Forever Living because at that time, um, is it network marketing they call it? Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, that was that was big at that time. 
and yeah, so I was looking at all the different network marketing strategies. There were different businesses around, um, and then myself and my friend Dave and took on that business of forever living. So as well as getting the income from my job, I was getting an income from forever living, whether that be small or not. But it was it gave me that kind of business acumen and that mm-hmm. experience into it and like getting confidence up and speaking to customers, et cetera, et cetera, marketing and all that stuff. So I've always, always been aware of that kind of stuff. And then, yeah, I've carried that through to the last few years where I've looked, delved more into property recently, which is where I think the big money is in terms of investments. And that's something that I've always been told property, get on a property ladder. I think everyone's heard that growing up especially from my generation so yeah so I was inspired from when obviously you got your flat mm-hmm. and from then I was just just inspired I wanted to look into it. I didn't know how I wanted to get into it or what I was going to do or what to do or anything like that but I always knew that it was important okay so so you wanted to get into property and obviously yeah I was delving into property as well at the time so you did some courses right I remember we both didn't we we both did a Samuel Leeds course back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that course um, was probably my first proper introduction into property. Um, so that was just an introductory two day course. It was yeah. quite extensive. It was pretty much all day, but that was just an introduction into all the different property strategies that there are. And yeah, it was really inspiring, especially the energy in the room was really uplifting and, it was just inspiring to hear there's people that were already involved, people that were new to it, just like me as well. So it was really inspiring in terms of that. And then from that day, I just knew that I wanted to do property in some shape or form. So off the back of that, I joined another course with Samuel Leeds, which was a three-day course with a lot, um, a much smaller group. And that was a more intensive course in terms of the detail of what I needed to do. And off the back of that, that's when we got our HMO right okay and yeah good so and then coming forward again I think I think what I'm getting at so because then there was probably a gap between the second course you did the more intensive course was there yeah and to probably obviously into where you are today no so what I'm getting at is basically because a lot of people are thinking if people are listening to this now people do courses all the time and I, I always remember saying to myself because I've done loads of courses over the years that you can become a, a course junkie so yeah you can take all the courses but you don't actually implement what you're taught and you don't yeah, get yeah. done yet and yeah. so that was in all honesty that was one of my worries with you in terms of you did the courses and everything but how are you actually going to do the actual groundwork every day and yeah. it, was, it wasn't quite the strategy that I was interested in I felt that I couldn't really support you in that. So then this yeah. is where we move on to the whole importance of having a mentor, right? Yeah. So how exactly. did that work out? I'd say in that space of time, I think it was actually a couple of years, obviously we was managing a, HM, um, a HMO. Yeah. And I think the difficulty with that strategy is once you've got one, is being able to raise the capital to get another one or yeah. buy another house um, or two, three, four. So I think that was the issue. And the, so the main thing was being able to take up a property strategy with 
as little income as possible. Yes. So that's where I found um, serviced accommodation, which mm-hmm. is what I'm going to talk about now. So I came across a course online with the the, big, the, the biggest property company. Progressive in property? The, that's it, Progressive property. property. Yeah, yeah, so I came across an a online webinar pro, um, with Progressive Property, um, and that was in regards to serviced accommodation. So one evening after work, I, I just tuned into that, listened to that, and I thought, you know what? This looks. This seems like the property strategy that is best suited for what I want to do right now. So, in terms of having a business as well as it being an investment, so once I done that, I actually went to a one-day course up in um, what was it, Milton Keynes? No, Peterborough. Sorry, Peterborough. And yeah, so so I went. That was with Progressive Property again. And from then, I just thought to myself, I want to do this full time. but I'm the type of person where I feel like I need a mentor just to get me started and to just show me the ropes. Once I'm once I know everything and once I'm comfortable, I know that I can take it where I want to take it. Yeah. But in terms of having a mentor to to push me, and that's where um, you introduced me to TJ Atkinson. Yeah. Who, um, yeah. So he's he's an expert in terms of service accommodation and deal sourcing, and. Yeah, so when you introduced me to him, I thought, yeah, 100%, I want to go on the course. This is what I want to do. I want to do service accommodation. I've done my research into it. I just want someone that can push me and can just, in in essence, hold my hand at the start of the process, yeah. just get me up and running. And then, yeah, so that's when I took on the course with TJ Atkinson, and I loved that's it. That's really it was important. Amazing. Sorry to cut yeah. you just having that person, like he said, because it's just like me with um, my business mentor that was on one of the podcasts that deals with the whole estate planning and stuff. It was the same thing. I always knew what I kind of wanted to do around accountancy. But just having that person, A, who believes and tells you that you can, because there's that thing of where you feel like you can't really achieve it or it seems bigger than something you can actually aspire to do so having someone a to believe in you and then to just hold your hand like you said and just right start (laughs) you got you got no there's no two ways about it you've got to just start it just makes such a big difference right exactly it gives you that push that you need so when the first day of my mentoring we were setting out my plan talked about my goals and what I should do now and the first task he sent me was to he asked me to call multiple estate agents um, and then record 10 of my conversations that have um, I was able to get through to the manager. So um, he threw you in the deep end, doing, I know what you're like. Yeah, so he, <laughs> exactly, he threw me straight in the deep end. Um, even though I, I knew what I was going to say, I had a script, but obviously I didn't have the confidence to actually put that in place. So doing that, putting me in a deep end was probably the best thing to do because it got my, A, it got my confidence and... Be I I was able to see some results from that as well. So yeah, as soon as I done that, I sent him the recordings, and he was able to critique me on where I went wrong, how I can improve in the future, what I did do well, um, and yeah. But luckily enough, I was actually quite successful with those phone calls. So yeah, it was a real confidence boost. That's what I like to hear. So you put it into practice. You do the courses, get a mentor, put it into practice, and then you see the results. Are you listening, Amari? Yeah. <laughs> so Amari's making faces at me right now. People can't see that. But he's listening <laughs> keenly to what's going on. 
So next thing is to work on your business strategy, right, Mari? I guess. <laughs> you will be moving on to that next. Okay, so I just this is a quick short one, just conversations with my son so you guys get a little insight to how they feel about money and the strategies that they're implementing at their young age. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Anything else you want to say? Or actually, any advice you want to give to anyone, Ashley, who could be listening, who's young like yourself? Um, advice I would give is to have a budget, mm-hmm. um, a budget and spreadsheet, where you can make sure that all your bills are covered every month, but also have some savings in place as well, where you can put money towards savings. But I would also strongly advise, make sure you enjoy it as well. Yeah. Because as we're experiencing now, life is really short. Um, so you have to enjoy it, but obviously just be smart with your money and just make sure you plan it correctly and don't get yeah, yourself Yeah, because it's true, because with budgeting, so I think people tend to think that it's a negative thing because it's almost like, oh, I've got to put, you know, I've got to look where all my money's going and make sure I save all the rest of it. But I always say to people, in your budgeting, put an entertainment budget in there because you do have to enjoy life as well. So it might yeah. be to put money down for, well, we can't go out right now, <laughs> but when things yeah. do come out of lockdown, because we're... Um, in the situation at the moment with the whole coronavirus, COVID-19 lockdown thing. So, but when you are able to, then you need to also put that money in your budget for your lifestyle so that you can have some fun also, because you're right, life is very short. So on that note, guys, I want to say thank you, Mari. Thanks for coming on to the podcast. It's taken me a minute to get you to do that. Do you want to say bye to everyone, Mari? Bye. And Ashley, thanks again also. Yeah? No problem. Bye. Thanks, guys. Take care. So remember, everyone, Financial Cash Talks is all about us as a community and how we handle cash. That's communities acquiring the skills to handle money.